Hashtag Wanderlust with Tim Go only on Money FM 89.3. It's time for another edition of Hashtag Wanderlust. And because it is timely, we will continue talking about the hot topic of the season, traveling in the age of COVID-19. That is, if you're still lucky enough to travel. Well, last week, you heard me talk about my experience being stuck abroad when the country I was in, Uzbekistan, decided to close all borders, land and air borders, immediately after they announced their first COVID-19 infection. Now, my experience was very good. I personally was also very calm and serene throughout that whole experience that even my travel buddy said, I behave as if <laughs> nothing was happening. Well, that's just the way I am. That's me. I have this under-responder personality, if you can call it that. I don't react, not visually, not emotionally, not intellectually, until I see a clear path. Okay, I do react intellectually. Uh, and as you know, I did decide to go ahead with my plan to crisscross the country, Uzbekistan, until a perfect flight became available for me. I didn't get in touch with the Canadian uh, Foreign Affairs or Foreign Affairs for Global Affairs Canada, nor did I get in touch with the Philippine Foreign Affairs uh, uh, Department or Singapore's Foreign Affairs Ministry. Uh, I was just very calm and just waiting for the perfect time to go. Anyway, along the way, I did meet many travelers. We did exchange contacts so that we can share information about when and how we can leave or if we should stay or even recommend locals to each other or, or, or places to live uh, because hotels were closing down, uh, places to live, apartments and so, so on. In case we need any kind of assistance, we also recommended locals to each other. And guess what? Two of those I met are joining me on the phone today. They have two very different stories to tell, different from mine as well. Uh, and they're both from very far places. So let's start with Ruth Turner first. Ruth is an American. She's also back now in Maryland. Uh, she was in Uzbekistan sourcing out products for her Baltimore shop of exotic goods called Caravanserai on the Avenue. So if you ever are in Baltimore, do uh, visit Ruth uh, in, in Baltimore, Maryland. Anyway, Ruth, uh, just like me, you decided first to initially stay on in Uzbekistan uh, when we were told that borders are closing. Uh, why did you decide to stay, Ruth? I, I remember this very clearly because we were in a terrace cafe, a rooftop terrace cafe, enjoying the view of Bukhara, um, having tea, or you were having coffee, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, and you were jumping, you were dancing for joy uh, when we met, uh, even though we found out that we have no place else to go. So why did you decide to stay? We hadn't really decided to leave because there was a part of me that felt that while in my city, Baltimore, the the cases of coronavirus had not yet peaked, that if we stayed two extra weeks, we could probably skip the worst of it and then go back. Um, and But that didn't seem to be uh, on the table. Okay, that's fair enough. But what finally made you decide, uh, Ruth, that it was time to leave? The reason why I left the country was I heard about what had been going on in Kazakhstan. And one morning uh, at our hotel, a person asked us if we were aware that foreigners were being uh, put in a centralized location. And I did not want to be part of a roundup. Mm -hmm. 
And at that time, we decided to contact, uh, I thought it was a wise idea to start contacting some senators in the states to guarantee that we would be given passage out of the country. All right. So you were in contact with the U.S. Embassy in Tashkent throughout the lockdown period. What did they do to help you out? I mean, I guess that was our plan B, that if we couldn't work it out on our own, that we would um, you know, have some pressure put on the embassy. I didn't really know how to handle the embassy. Um, but yes, we eventually entered into a correspondence with the embassy and dealt with different people. And we finally um, met up uh, by correspondence with one individual who's extraordinarily helpful to us. Okay, so were you confident at all with any of the options uh, that they told you about? So the first flight they offered us, we had 15 hours to get there. Uh, subsequently, I found out that this was the Uzbek government's last-minute notification system, but we really didn't have time to get there. After that, we were offered, uh, I think it was a flight to Seoul, uh, which I thought was counterintuitive because it was the opposite direction because we still had tickets to leave Turkey, and Turkey had not yet had... Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't an epidemic stage yet. Uh, it's like the movie Eternal Sunshine, where every time you foot, put your you lift your foot from the ground, the ground is disappearing, and that was kind of like the changing sands of every morning. We would wake up and we would try to address what possibilities were happening in which countries around us were still open. I'm speaking to Ruth Turner. She's an American who was traveling in Uzbekistan the same time as I was when the borders uh, closed uh, very, very suddenly. And Ruth and I stayed in contact throughout this whole time, passing information back and forth uh, to each other. And at some point, Ruth, um, some of the cities were starting to close down one after another. And intercity travel uh, was no longer allowed as well. So you were still there through this whole thing. How did you manage to get from, and you were in Samarkand, I believe, uh, from Samarkand back to Tashkent, the capital, to catch your flight back? Did Uzbekistan Airline or, or did the U.S. Embassy help you in any way? It's about Uzbek Airlines. Um, they were um, fabulous with us. Right. Uh, we wrote to them explaining that we couldn't actually leave Samarkand because the city was blocked in and that Tashkent was blocked in, and they wrote and told us that the Japanese embassy was actually picking up their citizens and taking them to the plane. And that enabled me to forward that email to the embassy, and it gave me the leverage I needed on a personal level to to, to request that they send a vehicle uh, to pick us up. Well, Ruth, by the time I reach Khiva, which is, as you know, in the very remote western part of Uzbekistan, many cities were already in partial lockdown. In fact, uh, the day after I reach Khiva, restaurants and hotels that are not being occupied by tourists at that moment were closing one by one. And, and what surprised me, though, is that my friends uh, and their families in Kiva and even Urgench, the next uh, biggest city next door, took us in. So there were no more restaurants uh, to eat at, but they actually took us in each and every day and every night and hosted us for dinners and lunches in their homes. I even went to an after-wedding dinner party. Uh, one of my friends' friend uh, just got married a day before, so we went there to have dinner and 
they really took good care of us. All my friends and their families and their families' families uh, took very good care of us. Uh, we were probably the only two travelers left uh, in Kiva at that time. I surely didn't see anyone else. Um, so they made, they made sure we foreigners who don't speak Uzbek uh, language or Russian were cared for, which was, for me, very touching. Did you have any experiences uh, like that as, as well. So after they called us up, out of the blue, the owners at the hotel decided to cook us a big kasha lunch, and it was delicious with salad, and uh, the guys all drank vodka, and there were these uh, massive amounts of toast to friendship and hospitality, and that was very kind, and they said goodbye to us, even though we hadn't formalized our plans in leaving. Later that afternoon, we went over to Afro Saib, which are those mountains which were not excavated. They're within the city limits because the city was cordoned off, but you could still walk in the hills over there. And it's filled with goat herders, and we knew all the shepherds, and they would scream across the hills, Salam Aleikum, America, Salam Aleikum, Baltimore. It was all very cute. Wow. So when you walk down the path, it's a large, wide boulevard with almost no cars on it. It's primarily pedestrian. And it goes, uh, Afro Saib is on your right and the graveyards are on your left and you follow it down and you get to Islam Karimov's uh, very large mausoleum uh, complex. And it's a very well guarded area. So on the left hand side, there's a cemetery. And on the right hand side, there were guards, of course, in front of the, the grave his grave. And then in front of us, there was a tourist police booth. And we had decided to start singing that Beatles song, We're On Our Way Home. And the police all came out and took their hats off. And in the most David Lynch cinematic moment, they held their hats to their chest and waved goodbye to us with their hands. Wow. And that's when I knew that we were really going to fly to Japan. It is very heartwarming, right, Ruth? So let me ask you this. Will you do it again? Will you return to Uzbekistan? So, yes, I would go back to Uzbekistan at the drop of a hat. I loved the country. I thought it was great. Um, I realized that when they abruptly shut the border, they gave us very little notice. But then again, you know, they have their methods and they have their ideology and they have their way of interacting with the public, uh, which can be viewed either as... um, extremely helpful and uh, proactive, or it could be viewed as slightly totalitarian. Uh, But I'm not sitting in judgment on them because I feel that uh, they were very helpful to us. Mm -hmm. My best friend and long-term roommate and traveling companion, her name is Jane Schock. And Jane had just retired from working for the government for the last 20 years and wanted to take a trip. Uh, I work doing import from around the world, so I've been continually traipsing across the planet and zigzagging around. And I said to Jane, do you want to go on an adventure, a real adventure, the adventure, the trip of a lifetime? And she said, I'm game. And this is what she got. (laughs) Well, you know what? What better place to be stranded in, right? I think uh, this episode showed us just how nice people really are in a place not many outside Central Asia know about. Say hi to Jane for me, and I hope to see you both in Uzbekistan next year, okay? Ruth Turner there, an American who was stranded in Uzbekistan when the country closed its borders in the wake of the coronavirus scare. Well, next, I'll be talking to another traveler I met on the flight back, and he has a slightly different experience as well. We will hear from him coming up after this. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.